Welcome to the Love Marriage Again podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Siobhan Parat. In this podcast, you will receive the wisdom, the insight, and the tools you need to have a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Your marriage is meant to be amazing. Your marriage should be your favorite place to be. Your marriage should bring out the best in you. I'm here to help you create that. In each episode, I'll coach you to improve your communication, build a deeper connection, become a more united team, and experience more intimacy. Here, we have real conversations about what can make marriage hard, and more importantly, how to make it easy. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. Welcome back to another podcast episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's so funny as I say that, especially this week because it's Thanksgiving. It is my intention and desire that you be thanking me (laughs) for this podcast episode by the end of it. We are just going to get right down to business because... This is the time of year where we have the beautiful opportunity to interact with not only our spouse, but extended family, friends, the whole nine. And today on our Marriage Coach Monday call, I had a wonderful question that I was like, everybody could use some help and support on this topic. So let me do an entire podcast episode on it. So we are talking about people who get on your nerves. This is a topic we can use 100% in marriage because let's be honest, our spouse gets on our nerves and for any other relationship or any other person that you may be encountering this week or this holiday season. Before we dive in, because I have a lot to share, I want to make sure you know about all of the things I have for you. This is my favorite time of year. It is also the time of year where I know for some individuals and for some couples is the hardest time of year for a variety of reasons. So I want you to know that I have extra support for you that I want to make sure you can take advantage of. The first are these Marriage Coach Monday calls. There are four left, okay? They go until December the 18th, every Monday, 12 p.m. Eastern, I have a coaching call that you can be a part of. This call is anonymous. You do not have to share your name. You just dial in literally like a phone call and you raise your hand by pressing certain buttons and then I call you by the last two digits of your phone number. I have had First of all, just an incredible time interacting with the people that call, but really offering them help. Every single person that raises their hand and asks a question 
leaves feeling so grateful that they were one, courageous enough to ask their question and two, that they got the perspective and the input that they got. So I will link to it in the show notes, but right now pull out a pen or pull out the notes section in your phone and write this phone number down. You ready? 669 There is no access code. I upgraded the service to make it as easy as possible for you. Put this number as a contact in your phone, Dr. Siobhan's Monday call, and put it in your calendar. You do not want to miss this opportunity to get additional support. If you love this podcast, if you're tuning in regularly, why not have a two-way conversation with me where I can literally help you even more. This call is 100% free, a million percent valuable, and I would love to meet you there. That's number one. Number two is I have pulled from my vault one of my most popular, most helpful three-day video series called Fight Free Holiday. This three-part series is all about helping you avoid unnecessary arguments, unnecessary strife, unnecessary conflict, so that you and your spouse can enjoy this beautiful, amazing, and wonderful holiday season. This is also completely free. You can access the videos and have them on demand delivered directly to your inbox by going to my website, drshavon.com. That's D-R-C-H-A, V as in Victor, O-N-N-E.com. There's a link there that says Fight Free Holidays. Click it, access it, and enjoy this holiday season to the fullest. All right. So let's dive in to the topic of this podcast. So the question that was posed during the Marriage Coach Monday call was, the holidays are here. What do you do? How do you handle people that really get on your nerves, that you just don't enjoy being around that you have a really hard time with, where you feel triggered every moment, (laughs) what do you do so that you can actually enjoy your holiday and not dread being around this person, okay? So I am going to take you through nine steps. Nine steps seems like a lot, but I literally have broken this down and as many details as I possibly could, as if it's literally a recipe, right? So I really want you to take the time to do this work now. 
If you might interact with that person on Thanksgiving, you've got two full days to digest this, process this, listen to it a hundred times, forward it to your other friends and family member, whatever you need to do to be ready and prepared for Thanksgiving or other holidays that are coming up between now and the start of 2024, which by the way, I cannot believe we are on the cusp of an entirely new year. Okay, so people that get on your nerves, the first thing you have to do, step one, is get really specific about what it is they do that bothers you the most. Now, your brain might hear that and just be like, everything they do bothers me. Like, as a person, I just don't like them. That is not helpful, first of all, and it's also not true. So our brain likes to (laughs) be a little bit lazy And instead of saying, I don't like that this person always has a negative comment, or I don't like that this person is always bragging about what they do, or I don't like that this person never helps out but expects everything to be done for them, right? That's very specific. Instead, our brain just likes to lump, you know, the one or two or five things they do that we don't like into a whole big pot so that we indict the totality of who this person is as a human being. I don't like them, right? It's very easy to just wipe them out and say, I don't like them, versus doing the more advanced work of identifying what is it specifically that they do that I don't like. But I promise you, if you are willing to take the extra step of isolating, what is it specifically? What do they do? What do they say? What is it in very concrete terms that I don't like? This will lift the weight tremendously. Because when you can identify it's a behavior that I don't like and stop indicting them as a human being, you create an opening for connection. You create an opening for finding something else you do like about them or that isn't so off-putting, right? And it's so interesting. I wish all of you had been on this call um, for Marriage Coach Mondays because by the end of the call, the person was able to identify what they do like about spending time with this other individual. But we can only get you there when you first start being very specific about what is the behavior they do. And it's so important, whether it's the relationship with someone in your extended family or your friendship circle or the relationship with your spouse, that you identify the behavior and not indict them as a human being, okay? So make that distinction first. So then once you have the behavior, right? I don't like spending time with this person because they always have something negative to say, for example. Then you want to think about why does that bother you so much? Because our personal triggers are 
our personal triggers. There's something of an interactive effect of your lived experience, your belief system, your mindset, your expectations that makes their behavior particularly offensive to you. Because I guarantee you, if we put this person in a room with a hundred other people, not everyone would feel the exact same way that you do. So some of this, a lot of this, is personal to you given your set of experiences. So for me, for example, if I'm having a hard time with someone who's always making negative comments, I know that that's a particular trigger for me specifically because my brain is naturally oriented to negativity and I work hard as an individual, as a coach, as a person who values personal development and growth to keep my brain out of negativity. And I create environments for myself where I am not exposed to a lot of negativity. And so this is a sensitive area for me personally because of that. Now, the next person who's not a coach, who doesn't have the trajectory that I do, may not be bothered by it. They may commiserate with the negative comments. They may add gasoline to the fire. They may like a little bit of drama of focusing on the negative. Let me tell you, there was a period in my life where I loved to just complain and sit around talking about how awful things were. But not anymore. I have an aversion to it now. And so being around a lot of negativity just doesn't work for me. I'm like hyper aware of it. I'm hypersensitive to it. And it's just like a no for me. But that's me. That doesn't mean that that person is wrong. It doesn't mean that like categorically they are, you know, out of bounds. It's just they have a different threshold and a different set of things that they enjoy talking about. They're entitled to say negative comments. They may not even think their comments are negative, right? So you want to be looking at why is this such a problem for me personally? What is it about my upbringing, my mindset, my perspective that makes this behavior really hard to tolerate? And then you want to also look at like, what is the expectation that I have that's not being met? Because any frustration that you experience inside of a relationship is because there's some expectation that you have of this person that they are not meeting. So maybe the expectation is just keeping with this negative comments uh, lens. Maybe the expectation is that on the holidays, you would expect that people would be happy, that especially on Thanksgiving, we'd be focusing on gratitude, And what a gift it is to be able to spend time together. You don't want to be burdened by the negativity. So they're violating the expectation that you have. But here's what you have to know about expectations is they are very personal. Expectations are your opinions about what is okay and what is not okay. So you get to own that. You get to own that for you. The standard of behavior is not to make a lot of negative comments, but you also have to give that other person 
liberty and freedom to have their own opinion and to be able to talk about the things that they want to talk about. Now, you get to choose how much you expose yourself to that. You get to choose how much you expose yourself to the things that they are doing that you don't agree with or you don't like. But as adults in the world, they get to choose what they do and what they don't do. You don't get to be in charge of them. Number three. When you can realize why this is problematic for you, when you can realize that I have an expectation that's not being met, you can allow a healthy level of frustration and disappointment. This is not what I really want right now. It's almost like, you know, you go to your rest, your favorite restaurant and they cook your steak and it's like well done when you wanted it like medium. You're disappointed. You're like, this isn't what it's supposed to be. Can we work with this? Can we take it back and go fix it? Right? Only when it comes to other people, you can't take them back. (laughs) You can't be in charge of fixing them. So there is a level of normal and healthy frustration that you might experience. That's okay. That just means you're human. And so what I want you to do is I want you to just observe And allow yourself to be a little bit frustrated. Like, gosh, this is like not what I would prefer right now. And I want it to feel as light as that. Not like, oh my gosh, I can't believe them. I'm going to strangle them, right? Like, we don't want to go that far. But we do want to just take a step back and be like, huh, I don't like this thing that they're doing. It is annoying me or irritating me to some degree. And I just don't like it, right? And when you can notice that about yourself and normalize it, right? Like when they're acting this way, I don't like it and that's okay, right? Then you can have a little bit of compassion and understanding for yourself. And a lot of times when it comes to other people, part of what gets mixed up in our normal and healthy agitation and disappointment and frustration is feeling helpless, And when we feel helpless in a disappointing situation, it just pours gasoline on it and it spirals us to being a little bit out of control. But you do have control, right? So you want to think about how can I be empowered even in my interactions with this person, right? Can I go to another room? Can I go for a walk, right? You want to think about What can I do to limit my exposure if I don't feel confident that I'm going to be able to keep myself regulated? Okay. But I'll tell you, if you follow the rest of the steps, dealing with this person may be easier and you may have more tolerance for them. Let me tell you what I mean. Step number four is I want you to think for a moment and identify What might be the underlying emotion or experience that is driving this person's behavior? What might be going on with them? So if they are doing something that is violating what you think would be like a healthy, wonderful, pleasant, great thing, You have to ask yourself, like, 
why might they be acting this way? Like what might be going on for them? I think about this book. I think Oprah is an author of it or part of it. It's called What Happened to You? I haven't read it, but I just already know that it's good because it takes the lens of like when people are acting out or when people, you know, are just kind of hard or difficult, it's because they have some underlying emotion that they're trying to get met and their coping choice is probably not the best, right? So for the person who is always focusing on the negative, I think about like, why might this be, right? And for me as a coach, like I get the luxury of working with so many different personalities and I always help my clients find the root of like why they may be doing the things that they're doing. But for a person who's very negative, one, I automatically know that this is a person who has a lot of negative self-talk. I automatically know that this is a person that is highly critical of themselves. I already know that this is a person who is experiencing a lot of shame, a lot of inadequacy, and just doesn't feel good about themselves. Because there's no way you can feel amazing about yourself and let negative things come out of your mouth consistently. So when I can see that like, wow, this person must feel so bad about themselves. This person must have had a really critical parent that made them feel so inadequate. This person must have really struggled in so many ways and just never got the support and the love and the care that they needed. Oh my goodness. They are in so much pain. I'm so sorry for them. I'm so sorry that they weren't heard. I'm so sorry that they didn't feel validated. I'm so sorry that they didn't feel cared for, that now as an adult, all they can do is complain and talk about negative things. What a tough time they must have had. Do you feel that compassion? And that's what's point number five, is have compassion for whatever they might have experienced that is leading them to show up the way that they have shown up. The person that called in today where we went through this, right, they could easily see when I surfaced it for them, the guilt that this other person was feeling that made them show up sort of like pretending to be better around a particular topic than they were or to pretending to be, you know, like more engaged and more involved in something than they actually were. They felt guilty about the fact that they weren't engaged and involved. And so to make up for it, they had to kind of brag about it. But I know I could see through that without even ever talking to them and know that like, man, there must be some guilt and some shame and some inadequacy there. And when I shared that with the caller, they saw it. And they had compassion and they could like add to the story and it just all made so much sense. So you want to think about what is going on with this person that they're acting this way? What are they dealing with? What experiences do they have in life that has shaped them into showing up this way? And then step number five is you want to have compassion as best you can, right? Because their choice is still probably impacting you, but you do want to have some level of compassion for them which is step number five, like trying to muster up compassion. Step number six is deciding with purpose 
with intention, how you want to feel around them or the experience you want to have with them. So when you think about interacting with this person, if I came around with like a buffet and I was like, you're feeling frustrated, you're feeling annoyed, you're feeling really irritated with them. Let's change that. What would you like to change it to? How would you like to feel around them? Maybe you'd like to just feel neutral. Maybe you'd just like to feel peace, that like you're totally unbothered. They aren't creating a negative experience for you. They're just over there saying and doing the things that they say and do, and it doesn't bother you one bit. Maybe that's what you want. Or maybe you still want to be really connected to them, depending on the relationship. Maybe you still want to feel love for them. You still want to feel kindness towards them. You want to feel compassion or understanding or empathy for them. And you want to be connected to them, right? But you get to choose. No one's saying you have to have any kind of relationship with anyone. You get to choose. But I want you to do so from an intentional and a conscious place. The fact that they do the behaviors that they do or they say the things that they say does not automatically mean that you have to get upset about it. You have to be frustrated about it. You have to have a horrible time around them. You are in charge of the experience you have by deciding on purpose. So you can decide, I am going to enjoy my Thanksgiving no matter what. This person can say and do whatever they're going to say and do, and I'm going to understand it. I'm going to have compassion on it, and I'm going to keep on enjoying myself, right? So I want you to decide now, not then, because it will be reactive, but I want you to be proactive and very intentional about how you will respond. How do you want to feel? What is the experience you want to create by your energy and your thoughts? And again, I just want to applaud the caller for recognizing she wanted to feel warm and welcoming. She wanted to focus on the future of this relationship with this person and what was possible in the future and recognize that she could lay that foundation now, that she could wipe the slate clean of like how annoying those things were before and know where they come from, give that person some grace and some compassion, and chart a new pathway forward. That's available for you too. Number seven, step number seven, is finding an anchoring thought that will help you. Because the relationship we have with other people is a function of our thoughts about that other person. And so if right now all of your thoughts are, they're so annoying, I can't stand them, they're so irritating, oh my gosh, they're going to drive me nuts, then that's the experience you're going to have. But if your thought is, this person can actually be a lot of fun, I'm looking forward to hearing about this particular aspect of their life, or they can be really helpful, right? You want to find something redeeming or something neutral that you can like set your mind on because your brain is probably by now really used to thinking about how frustrating and how annoying they are. So maybe instead you can think about, I'm just grateful this person is like alive and well. What a gift to our family for all of us to be together, right? You're going to find the thought that works for you, but that is the work. And I advise you 
to do it now, to find the thought now that supports you and being able to feel how you want to feel. Number eight, step number eight is identifying your minimum baseline actions. At a minimum, given who you are as a person and how you want to show up this holiday season, what are the minimum actions you will take in interacting with this person? Maybe you say hello. Maybe you wish them a happy holiday. Maybe you, you know, ask them how their year has been. Maybe you decide it, right? I'm not, I'm not pushing you to stretch yourself further than you want to stretch yourself. Maybe you smile at them from across the room, but you get to set your own personal standards of behaviors and boundaries. And that leads me to the last step, step number nine, is to make sure you have your own self-care plan as needed, right? I was coaching a client who was anticipating a really difficult time um, with some family members. And we were just like, let's plan a plan B. If something is said, if you feel a particular way, if it becomes an intolerably uncomfortable situation for you, where else can you go? And we have a plan B. So that is her self-care plan. Yours might look different. What will you need for yourself to create a boundary so that you're not as deeply impacted by someone's behavior that doesn't really work for you? How can you even just give yourself permission to take care of yourself? You don't have to sit in any conversation, in any situation, in any interaction and be massively uncomfortable to the point where it's not healthy for you. I want to tell you that. There is nobody that you have to interact with if it is not healthy for you. You can exit the conversation. You can leave the room. You can leave the house and get an Uber if that's what you need to do. I want you to feel empowered because when you feel helpless, that makes all of this so much harder and it's not healthy for you. All right. So those steps, again, Identify what is it specifically that they are doing or saying that bothers you. Number two, understand why. What is the expectation you have of them? Number three, recognize it's normal to feel a healthy level of frustration and disappointment when our expectations aren't met and have compassion for yourself. Number four, identify the underlying emotion or experience that may be happening for this other person that's causing them to be this way or to act this way or to say these things. Number five is have compassion and grace for them as best you can. Number six, decide how you want to feel in your experience with them, right? Decide on purpose This is how I'm going to feel. This is how it's going to go with them. Decide that now. Come up with an anchoring thought, a specific thought you can keep practicing and return yourself to, to keep you feeling the way you want to feel. Number eight is identify your minimum baseline actions. At a minimum, how are you going to show up to interacting with them? And then number nine, have your own self-care plan if it begins to be too much for you. What do you need? 
Your needs matter here too. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have a beautiful, amazing, and wonderful holiday. If this blew your mind, if you know you need to do this work on a consistent basis, if you really want to master how to be unbothered, how to show up the way you want to show up to any relationship, I invite you to work with me. There are four ways you can work with me right now. I have private coaching for couples, private coaching for individual wives, private coaching, no, not private coaching, two private coaching options. And then I have my group for couples, the marriage upgrade, and my group for women, the well-made woman. You can find out about each and every one of these on my website. Schedule a call to talk with me directly about what might be the best fit for you, depending on what you want to work on. And we can go from there. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful week and that these people don't get on your nerves. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning in. And now a question for you. What did you get out of this episode? The most important part of this work is applying what you hear. I hope you'll do that. And if you loved this podcast, you will love working with me directly even more. I invite you to my website, drshavon.com, to learn about my coaching programs and any live masterclasses I may be hosting. And of course, we will meet right back here for the next episode of the podcast. Until then, keep loving your marriage again.